Hey everyone, welcome to a bonus episode of Single Minded. I'm your host, Hannah First. Today we are doing a bit of a movie club because I'm a bit of a movie buff. That'll make much more sense once you listen to the episode. And today me and my guest will be discussing Promising Young Woman. Please note that there are tons of spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, please don't listen to this episode, but it's a fucking great movie. So go out and see it, press pause and come back and we'll see you later. So as many of my Instagram followers know, I am obsessed with going to the movies and I am especially drawn to movies that explore complicated female characters. Dr. Janice Lorick is a lecturer in screen and cultural studies at Melbourne Uni, which is actually where I also went to uni, and she has a PhD in film and screen studies and her research expertise centres on sinner feminism. I hope I said that correctly and women's filmmaking. She is the author of the book Violent Women in Contemporary Cinema and has published in numerous international journals on feminist film theory. Dr. Lorik is also a co-organiser and founding member of the Melbourne Women in Film Festival, a not-for-profit festival aimed at celebrating and supporting the work of women filmmakers and creatives. Welcome to the podcast, Janice. Oh, thanks very much, Hannah. It's good to be here. (laughs) Today we are going to discuss and dissect the movie Promising Young Woman, but first I have a few movie-related dating questions for you. So I really wanted to know, is going to the movies like the worst first date idea for you? Look, I think I probably wouldn't go on a date to a movie for a first date simply because I think if you haven't gotten to know someone yet, it can be a bit awkward sitting there in the silence <laughs> next to That's each true. other. I mean, I, I love going to the movies as a date, but maybe for yep. a first date, I'd want to like have a, a drink or a coffee first just to just to chat, I think. Yeah. And you actually tweeted recently and I just I just laughed, really laughed at this one. You said a guy just straight up said to me, I'm a huge movie buff. And you said red flag or so when did this happen? <laughs> uh, this happened quite recently. Yeah, look, I was talking talking to a fella and, you know, I mentioned what I do for a living. And, yeah, he just said, oh, I'm a huge movie buff. And I was a little bit surprised because even though I literally teach film studies, I personally, I, I just, I would never describe myself in that way I I don't know and um and also I I thought it was also a bit of a challenge and I felt really tempted to sort of quiz him and test his knowledge and yeah and see whether it was a legitimate claim but no I mean it it was it was funny but I love it when people want to talk to me about movies so it's not a problem but um I did raise my (laughs) eyebrow a little bit yeah And the last sort of, um, I guess, because this is obviously called single-minded and something that I personally love to do and I and I really recommend this to any like single women listening that have never done it before because it's really liberating, is going to the movies alone. That was the first thing that I did when cinemas reopened after lockdown. Is that something that you also love to do? Oh, yeah. No, I really like going to the movies alone. And plus, you know, I, I watch a lot of movies for my job. And so mm. it gets to the point where I just kind of have to. Otherwise, yeah. it's just so hard to assemble a crew of people or, <laughs> or a person to go see all of the movies with. So yeah, I really like going to the movies alone. I think it's really nice. Just pop down there, get a glass of wine, then come back, you know, straight back home afterwards or, or do whatever else you need to do that day. I think it's really lovely and a nice little, little break. Yeah. It's actually such a nice date. Like, 
when people say, take yourself out on a date, I immediately think of going to the movies on my own. I just love it. And also because no one talks to you throughout the movie. It's a really nice, relaxing experience. The first time I ever did it, though, I felt a bit awkward, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then you realise no one, no one cares, and, and no then you start cares. to see, you know, you start to see a bunch of other people who do it, and mm. and you start yeah. to love it. I think it's a nice little, mm. a nice little thing to do for yourself. Mm. So now on to the movie that we're going to chat about today. This is kind of our first single-minded movie club and I haven't stopped thinking about this movie since I saw it. If you haven't seen Promising Young Woman, please pause the podcast right now because there's big spoilers throughout this episode. Go and see it immediately and then tune back in after. So Janice, I just wanted for you to give us a quick recap on like the stories and some of the main themes of the movie. Yeah, so I suppose you'd call it a revenge film. So it's about a 30-year-old woman named Cassie and what she does is when she's got a bit of a spare evening, she goes to a nightclub or a bar and pretends to be super-duper drunk and waits for a guy to pick her up, basically, and make a move on her, even though she's clearly way too drunk to actually consent. However, once she gets them home or once they take her back to their place, she reveals, in fact, that she's actually stone-cold sober and, you know, tricks them into believing that she's, you know, really drunk. Uh, so I suppose you'd call it a revenge film, and as the story emerges, it's revealed that some years ago when she was in college, one of her best friends was actually assaulted on campus, and and it's strongly implied that she's since passed away or, or perhaps even taken her own life as, as a result of this. And Cassie is basically really traumatised by what happened and is taking revenge upon people and on guys when she can. And all of this is thrown into some level of complication when she runs into a guy who she used to go to college with named Ryan and they start a relationship and it kind of throws up a lot of these memories from the past and, and memories of what happened. Mm. What did you think of the opening scene? I was like, what is this movie? I was really, all the guys on the dance floor with their like crutches out. Yes, I love the opening scene. So the film essentially opens the way that I just described it. You know, we open in a club. Mm. It's obviously after a work day and we see just so many dudes, like way too <laughs> many dudes just dancing around in their office wear. And it starts with this sort of slow pan of medium close-up shots of, of dudes in their office trail just you know bumping and grinding against each other on the dance floor and I just thought it was so funny because well because you know you don't really see that it's usually women's bodies that are photographed and and it also captured I guess some of the ridiculousness of yeah when you go to a bar after work and there's obviously a bunch of dudes on the pool you know (laughs) and it's just so transparent and I just laughed and laughed when I saw that opening Mm. shot because this film is also really funny I think it's Mm. I think because of the themes it's easy to kind of worry that it will be really grim but it opens on this really funny uh opening shot of of the the scene I laughed a lot in the movie it's like extremely dark but it's also very funny so I actually wanted to know what you thought I mean I loved the movie what did you think of the movie I also loved it I think I went in expecting it to be a bit more violent, I think. I thought there would be a much mm. higher body count. But I can say that it's actually not quite as, as violent as that. 
So I was a little bit like, oh, okay, <laughs> I thought there would be a bit more of that. But having thought about it, I really appreciate what it was doing. I think it was super funny. I thought that it really managed to get its point across. It had a very specific set of ideas that it wanted to talk about, about you know college rape and rape on campus. And, and also, I guess, what it means to, to live with trauma and mm. how do you move on with that? Do you forgive? You know, how do you, how do you live with this sort of experience? And even though I was a bit surprised by the ending and I thought it would end slightly differently, having seen a lot of revenge films, I think it was a, a, an interesting and a smart decision to end it in the way that it did because, you know, sometimes it ends with the woman, you know, sailing off into the sunset afterwards and I think we've seen that. But the ending of this mm. film goes for something a little bit different mm. and I know not everybody likes it but but I really respect what it was doing and I think it genuinely was a different approach to the genre, yeah. Mm. I guess for me I was like I, I left the movie and I didn't quite, I, there was a lot of different things being said and I couldn't quite distill like, you know, was it saying that, because I know the mum said in a scene, she said, you know, it's time to move on or however she phrased that, the mum of the friend Nina, but she was sort of, you know, definitely on this revenge path. So I didn't quite, you know, it wasn't quite clear what was the message in that way. I think ultimately the film, the film wanted to make a point about rage, I think, because it's very exciting to watch a film about women's rage because we don't see women's rage on screen and women expressing rage is really not very accepted. I mean, we're not, we're not meant to get angry. We're not meant to mm. be vengeful. And it's a very potent and exciting thing to see in a film. But I also think, and what the film is, I think, saying is that rage can consume you. And even though it's very invigorating mm. to see it in a movie, what does it actually cost someone who holds on to it in the way that she does? Mm. And that's one reason why I think it, it ended in the way that it did, because there's a suggestion that Cassie might be able to let go of what happened to Nina and might be able to move on, but she can't. And it does actually end up destroying her in the end, even though she goes out with a bang. <laughs> I think... Uh, mm. The film does have to say, look, there has to be a way forward that isn't this. It's great to watch it, but really rage can consume you. And in some ways it's quite a sad movie, I think, in, in what it says about that. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of the ending, so I thought the ending, like, was brilliant. I was not expecting it. I think I'm just... I'm so used to happy endings and I'm a sucker for happy endings. When they're singing the Paris Hilton song in the pharmacy, I just was like this is a really like a massive change in pace and I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I was like, I guess they're going to live happily ever after. And then you kind of, it took this big turn and, you know, you see the the ending, I was just like, oh, that was exactly how it should have ended. I really was like, but I wasn't expecting it. So what did you, how did you feel about the ending? I think initially I was a bit surprised. Well, you know, we're talking about this film with spoilers. I mean, she dies. She dies at the end. Yep. She doesn't yep. kill him. He kills her. And a part of me, you know, my sort of lust for revenge in the film was, was denied. And so I thought, no, no, ah, oh, 
boo. Mm. <laughs> but having said all that, I got over it, I think, because I, I understood what that it was kind of like a self-destruct, like going out with a bang, like that kind of victory from beyond the grave. And, yeah, I appreciated that. And I do think that a lot of the the film wanted to get that point across again about also about, you know, just average men being the kind of people who do this and that fear that you might have mm. that, you know, this guy who's really sweet and who you can see yourself with might actually have, I don't know, something something in him or something in his past. And I think that's a very frightening thought and a thought that probably a lot of women have had. And, you know, I really admire the film for, for going there and I think the kind of tragic aspect of not being able to be together with this guy you know that had to happen in order for the film to explore this fear of you know Mm. who are these nice guys what's actually underneath there it was such an exaggerated form of like bro code when they're standing by the fire and they're hugging and then you see her ridiculous colored now like the nail polish you know I was laughing but I didn't it wasn't funny but the way that that kind of bro code was you know that that theme it was kind of almost ridiculous, but it was it was very funny. <laughs> it was, and I think it speaks to something true, you know, which is that mm. when when trouble starts, people protect their own and bros mm. protect their own. And she was really very vulnerable in that final scene, you know, what she did and she went in there and, and yes, there's sort of a ridiculous element and she's, you know, she's almost like she's masquerading or she's performing this image. Well, in fact, she is always performing. She's always performing and putting on an act and the ridiculous wig and the ridiculous mm. outfit is kind of that. And, yeah, and then when we see, you know, what happens to her, it's sort of this really strange, like, reversal of tone, you know, the nails but also, you know, the fire. It's that really, mm. really dark well, it's a, it's a really black comedic moment, but also really horrible. And I, I, you know, I admire the film for being able to kind of have all these different tones going at once. Mm. There's not many films that I have seen where you would laugh at something so dark, but it it pulled it off. I thought it really pulled it off. I actually saw this movie with my dad, <laughs> and we were discussing it after. I think the film was just one thing that I thought it really did was it you just can't help but discuss it after like no matter what you think of the film it's just it sparks discussion so he had said it kind of reminded him of Fleabag and then I was like well yeah that makes sense because um, Emerald Vanell was hired by Phoebe Waller-Bridge as showrunner of Killing Eve and Emerald is obviously the writer and director of Promising Young Woman what do you think the appeal is for these complicated and and sometimes violent female-led stories yeah, I can't imagine seeing this film with my dad. <laughs> so, so good, good on you, um, and good on your dad. It was a well spotted yeah. observation. Yeah, look, I think I think it has to do with the thing about rage, yeah, and the and the interest of seeing and the power of seeing women's rage. I think that these, including something like Killing Eve, that's very much grounded in like a fantasy because the reality for a lot of women, I think, is that we often don't feel very powerful. In fact, I think every day that you walk down the street at night, you know, you feel your vulnerability. It's like a constant for Mm. women. So seeing women on screen who are powerful, who express their rage and sometimes who are violent, 
even if they do things that we would never do and that we don't agree with, it's still uh, very compelling, I think, because women's lived experience is to feel very vulnerable all the time. And so Mm. I think that's the appeal of something like Killing Eve, uh, even though, of course, of course you would never, you would never condone (laughs) what Mm. Villanelle does. Never, never, never. But it's just so great to see it on screen. And also I think we all just love to watch, you know, action and power and women looking good and taking charge and taking control. So I think it's that's the fantasy element of it. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, especially with something like Promising Young Women, you're right when you say that it sparks conversation. I've, I've read so many columns and think pieces on this film already. And I just think it's important to remember that it's speaking to, to that fantasy. It's not real. It's not an endorsement. But it's, a very, it's mm. linking very powerfully to, to women's experience and our wishes and, and how we wish we could be sometimes in the world. Mm. Well, that went so quickly. I could talk about this stuff forever. So I I really, really enjoyed it. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.